Welcome to a very special episode of Always Open. On today's show, we're going to be taking questions from the community about Rooster Teeth's 15-year anniversary, as well as asking a question about what we thought our life would be like at the age of 15. And of course, our trusty little box of issue, or as we call it, boy. Boy. I'm your host, Barbara Dunkelman, and with me today I have... Oh, Matt, hold on. That's me. <laughs> she said ahead of time, like, the only thing you have to do is introduce yourself when the show starts. And I just did not do that at all. That's okay. My name's Matt. I, I work here for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll see what we'll happens see if this. I make it through this show. I, I think you have a future. I'm pretty sure. Hey, I'm Bernie. I'm Matt's assistant. Hi, <laughs> right, it's me. I'm Mariel. I'm here to celebrate Rooster Teeth's uh, quinceanera. Yeah, quinceanera. Mm. Yeah. Quinceanera, yeah, yeah. Quinceanera. Hey. 15 whole years. 15. Mm-hmm. 15 no, is weird, though, because I, I don't think there's anything creepier than the dude online who knows the different states and their age of consent and, like, oh. has that, like, in his Rolodex in his head. And that it's like, that comes up. That comes up when we hit, the, like, 15, 14, now going into 16. It's like, I just don't want to know that. Like that, that stuff. Now Rooster Teeth's old enough to fuck? Who, in like, Canada, yes. apparently. <laughs> I think it's 14 in Canada. Is it really? We're, we've been old for old enough for a year. Because wow. you have hard winners wow. and you could die. So you got to start <laughs> having families early. That's what it is. That's true. That's what all that stuff is based on, I'm sure. It's kind of like a rite of passage. Everyone just loses their virginity at 14 in Canada. You get paired with like your well, fellow like Eskimo brothers. <laughs> 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 well, welcome, guys. Very happy to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. This is Glad my second here. time being on the show. Your second time, oh, Matt's yeah. first time. My first. I'm a first. I'm a. Well, I was a always open virgin <laughs> oh. before this. Now no you're going to be closed forever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Matt. Barbara was talking to Matt about just the way the show works, and you know, make sure he's on board with him. Like Matt can just cancel any show that if he appears yeah. on it, and it doesn't, <laughs> if he doesn't like the way it went, it's like, yeah, don't air that episode because that show's over. And then we would. It would not be our fault. It yeah. would not be here. No. And you'd be to blame. I said when we started, let's not have any talk of Eskimo fucking. Well. And we've already messed that up. It's been a good 15 years. Then why are we so. even here, Matt? Why, what's the point? I know. I mean, we can't talk so, about that. What can we talk about? I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're Who's very, that? very excited to have you guys on. Because uh, yeah. we're going to be talking about all about Rooster Teeth's 15 years. Um, this episode comes out on Monday, which is the day after our anniversary. Right. Mm. So happy belated anniversary. Happy, happy, well. happy anniversary. Happy quinceanera. I, mean, see, I feel bad. I feel like this is a tamer version of Always Open. I like, I've been stockpiling my jerk off and period stories until <laughs> my second appearance. And now I'm just going to add talk in all about the, the company. I'm just going right. to add in the word butthole as much as possible. <laughs> we could still do it. Doesn't I've got some awesome period stories. <laughs> Just tell us all the names that you awesome. wanted to call Rooster Teeth before you decided on mm. Rooster Teeth. Uh, sure we'll Eskimo Fucking was the first one. <laughs> we actually had a company before. We did. Uh, Rooster Teeth. Called yeah. Eskimo Fuckers? Called Eskimo Fuckers. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> it lasted 14 years and they got <laughs> fucked by an Eskimo. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, we had, a, we had a production company in college, but it had just a terrible name. Right. So we're, we were bad at names for a while. Yeah. Like Red versus some Blue, say, I think some is the one still. good name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like every time we name like a new unscripted show, especially it seems like like Heroes and Half Wits and things like that. I know Achievement Hunters, we went through like a billion different names. Achievement Hunters? Yeah. That's Are we sticking obvious. with that name? Yeah, see, this is it, right? Yeah, Are we sticking with that one? I like the suggestion of Boo Boys. Boo Boys? That was my favorite. Mm. There, was, there was actually a web series that a fan sent to me, and it had a great name. And I said, Jeff, just buy the name from him or see if he'll give it to you. Poltergeist. Uh, and I think it's a great name. Poltergeist. Yes. I guess or, both those names kind of make it male only, though. So kind of. It's guys, though. I always say. Why? Guys. Why? Why have there been only pun names for this show? <sighs> Listen, I mean, Matt, I can't I explain yeah. why they're so popular. <laughs> <laughs> they just are. 
But every Read single the room, every every single name has been a pun. Can we just have one that's just like the ghost show or something? It doesn't have to be right. Ghosts and bulls. I mean, what's happening? I, in have, this show? I have a feeling you're not going to actually find any ghosts. Though. <laughs> it's well, just going to be these dopes in dark rooms screaming at the top of their lungs. I Jeff, think that's the way it's going to work. Jeff and ghosts and friends. <laughs> Jeff, well, you should go with Jeff's name, which I loved, which was "Are you there, ghost? It's me, Jeff." <laughs> Which I thought was a great genius. Yeah. Dopes, yeah. And, dopes in dark rooms is also I like that. Dopes in dark rooms. That's a good one. That's what he just said. They're just a bunch of dopes oh. in dark rooms. My my name for Heroes and Halfwits was uh, Orange is the new chaotic evil. That was my name for it at the time. And Jeff wanted to use it, but they went with Heroes and Halfwits. So well, I like. It does roll off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Our name is not really a pun. It's more a play on words. What's the difference? What is not not what a pun is? Mm-hmm. The pun is a shitty thing. Uh, <laughs> it has like multiple meanings. Well, if it if it doesn't make you groan at the end, it's not a pun. I know that much. There you go. Right. Yeah. Although our show does make people groan at the end of it. Uh, no. Or in the middle. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do our shot, <laughs> my boys and girls. Um, this is the three-legged monkey, and Texas actually submitted this one for what? us. What? It's got whiskey, it. amaretto, and pineapple. And I don't I think I've ever had whiskey and pineapple. Well, it's the first cheers. 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 Once again, another happy, cheers. Happy 15th. So I want you to know I'm breaking my uh, not drinking on camera thing for you. Mmm. We appreciate it. I'm so thankful. And for Texas, Texas, that was lovely. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Delicious. <laughs> we have to get people warmed up. Are you a shot taker? Um, more he's of a, a shot caller. Oh, I was gonna right. make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a baller shot caller. There you go. So yeah, this is actually something that blade. having known Matt for like twenty years this is something that really bugs the shit out of me, is that he's a way better drunk than I am. Like people when Matt gets drunk, people get super excited, oh. at like parties and like business events I think and things like that. People just like Matt. If Matt, well, no, but they like drunk Matt a little bit better. <laughs> That's true. I mean, Matt's it, is, it is really unfortunate because you, you like at some point you feel like. It's your alter ego that's like way more popular. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, Matt showed up to the party, but he's sober. Oh, <laughs> God. Guys, that's put no some fun. more whiskey in there. It's just like if they were holding a party for Superman later. and Clark Kent comes by, everybody's like, Clark, no. Nobody wants you here. You know, <laughs> we want the guy in the cape, you know, down this bottle of uh, Makers as fast as possible. <laughs> for what it's worth. I like no. both versions of you. Oh, thank you. Also, my raise is coming up. Oh, but there you go, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little flattery will get Smart you lady. Exactly. All right, well, let's do a little icebreaker. This uh, this game we like to play is called Cupidity, and we've basically gone on OkCupid and collected a bunch of the questions that they ask people when they are creating their profile. Have you guys talked about the OkCupid billboards around town? Has that been oh, covered on the, the show? We haven't, but I've seen them, and I've been I'm very concerned for them. fascinated by these billboards. I, I like them. Anna, Anna brought him up to me, and she was like, it says down to fuck everywhere in Austin, like everywhere you look. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like these OK Cupid billboards, and they're like a play on DTF. Yeah. And it's like DTE, like, and then some phrase like. Find each other's phones. Yeah, like yeah. exactly, random. yeah. That starts with Feed an Feed each F. other cake or something. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but the way that the they're designed, you sometimes can't see the rest of the word. Mm. And so it just looks like it's just a big down to fuck Every, everywhere you go. Yeah, but by design, is, probably. By design, probably. But it's like it's it's very odd. Are they just basically insinuating that OkCupid is a place to go to find people to fuck? I think so. I losing a lot of business to Tinder for having yeah. that reputation. I mean, that's why a lot of people get on dating apps, right? True. Yeah. Well, I isn't didn't they confirm. say that Austin ha- it's like the the worst place to be dating right now? Austin I can, is. Can also yeah. confirm that. What's your sugar baby? 
that too. But yeah, no. Sugar they, Baby Capital World. They they came out and said that like if you're actually trying to find a relationship, it's like a horrible place to date. I read no. that. Like we re and there was all this stuff that I didn't understand about dating lingo. Well, like one of the things was called breadcrumbing, and breadcrumbing bread is huge in Austin. It's where someone basically ghosts you, and then they come back every now and then just to kind of like kind of lead you on, and they're, they're not, they have no plans of having a relationship for you. And it's or a, see you? It's a big problem in Austin, breadcrumbing. Just someone who like wants to inflate their own ego? Probably. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I, know I never heard that term before in my life. Well. But we rank high in it. None of these questions are about breadcrumbing. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. We did not pick any of them. What do we got? Um, so Matt, you're gonna go first. Oh no. And we kind of do these rapid fire. <sighs> and uh, we, we'll just get through as many as we can. Okay, let's do it. So he's only responding to this? Yes. Got it. You can't, you pull an Elise and just yeah. start yelling the answers. Elise didn't know that, <laughs> and she just started yelling all the answers when I was going, and I'm just like, no, it was during our, wait, yeah. <laughs> During live week, and I'm asking Barbara the questions, and it's like, I think it was like, are, are you, you a top are, or are you a bottom? Are you a top or bottom? And she goes, just like, I'm, I'm a, a top, top baby! baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're like, we're not talking to you. <laughs> oh, I love her. All right, we ready with our timer? All right. Okay. You ready, Matt? I, as, as I know. And go. Do you feel a need to own the most up-to-date electronic gadgets? Not at all. When you're around new people, are you more of a leader or are you more of cooperative? I don't like people. Can you think <laughs> of someone that uh, you truly hate, not just severely dislike? At this table, or? <laughs> on OKQ. In general? <laughs> Have you ever quit a job without giving at least a week's notice? See ya. <laughs> there you go. You're only I'm not gonna be on top of these answers. <laughs> Was that the last one, really? I, we have a few more. Oh. This guy. On a daily basis, do you spend a lot of time trying to make yourself look good? <laughs> <laughs> what part of the day would that be, exactly? Do I? Great. Right. No. How long is your morning routine, It just Matt? comes, wait, 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 it just comes naturally. <laughs> All right, if you guys don't add a little star with a ding right there, I'm going to be very upset. Where's Peter Hayes when you need him? Yeah, I know. How long is your morning routine, though? Mm. Like, if, what, how long before work do you have to wake up to get to work? Oh, you know, I mean, I try to get wet with the shower <laughs> water. I have and the then, same morning routine as you, man. Yeah, hopefully that dries off at some point while I'm driving to work. So, I mean, that's it. Like, well, how much time is that? No, like, I'm from bed to car is like two and a half minutes? Oh, yeah, okay. for sure. I'm matching you like a dog I, out of a car window, like, pretty drying much. off <laughs> <laughs> on your way to work. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, I do, like, I do take my kids to school every mm -hmm. morning, and... You know, we get, I mean, we get up in time to, you know, do breakfast and all that stuff. And, you know, we're good parents. Don't, don't call anyone. And, uh, so, but, you know, you go to school and I've never thought to, like, just comb my hair or anything. And I know I looked like just like a random hobo. Like, <laughs> half the time I show up at school and I know they must think, like, who is this guy with these, with these kids? Like, they're not like, ah, oh, poor Webb, poor Mills. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're just, he's, this guy's a problem. You're going in with them? Why don't you just open the door and push? Like, you know, that's what I do. Or just keep but, driving. Throw a well, it, it, out, it embarrasses them more if I go in. Yeah, they would, yeah. That so makes sense. Yeah. I try to make sure that they get as big a dose of embarrassment as possible. Because how else are you going to grow, you know, as a person? <laughs> right? That's what parents are for. Yeah. Can't right? confirm. Yeah, my parents embarrass me every day of my life. They still do. And look yeah. how great of a person I am. Intense That's right. Oh, your your you parents know, are awesome. Your parents, your parents are really going for it. I don't think they realize <laughs> that they're embarrassing. Uh -oh. 
Yeah, they followed me all the way to Rooster Teeth. Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, I guarantee you they're watching this as we speak. Where do you think the scales are now on you embarrassing them and them yeah. embarrassing you at this I point? Feel like I feel like your dad could put like some embarrassing Easter eggs about you in the, in the RTX app yeah, or Barbie something. Barb, you should Probably. not yeah. underestimate yeah. yourself. You're a huge embarrassment. All <laughs> 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 on your own. You really are. It's, you know. Really happy to have you on my show today, Bernie. <laughs> it's been great. It's been great. Um, do you guys watch, uh, you've seen any of the new Queer Eye? I've seen none of it. I, I didn't know I remember the first one. Queer Eye? Yeah. Different cast. Netflix. Different oh, really? Cast. Yeah. Um, Netflix. So Netflix is just where every show goes to come back. Yeah. Is that right? It used, it used to be where TV would go to die when they needed one last season of it. It's yeah. so great. Now they're yeah. like digging deep into the catalog to get some old stuff. But like you were, well, you were asking about yeah. his like routine and, and they all, they're always talking about that you should take like a few minutes to yourself every morning and mm. just... Even if it's just for sure like beard oil or beard some oil. moisturizer. Beard oil? That exists? Yeah. Oh, right? Wow. I don't know. Yeah, no, use I that have word some. a lot. I have beard oil. And look how great your beard looks. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. It's, gonna go. it's, it's gotta go soon though. It's going gray so much faster than the rest of my hair. You guys look huh. good with your gray beards though. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like That's our next production company. <laughs> gray, beards? I think the gray beards. At some point I gotta get rid of them. Kinda like that. That should be a, a show. Yeah, good, good the gray pirates, beards. Right? Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a pirate. Yeah. Also, beards have to go out of style at some point, right? They never will. I don't I, think so. They were out of style for a long time. They, they went out of style for women. I noticed that. It's <laughs> not a big thing anymore. Oh, like women still love trying to grow in the 1800s. Now, in a way, it's not coming back. Wait, what's what's that term like? Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. When a guy has a beard, oh, and it's a beard. when he's like trying to hide the fact that he's gay yeah. and he has like a can work girlfriend or. or something and calls her his beard. Like, Does it work the other way too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not called beard though, is it? I, I I've, I've always heard it that way. Oh. Merkin. Merkin, oh my god. Somewhere Bethany heard that and got excited. <laughs> do you know what a Merkin is? I do, and I know about Bethany's, Bethany's fascination. Mercantile. Mercantile. I know. <laughs> All right, Bernie, are you ready? I'm ready. We got your questions. Okay. Are we ready with our timer? What happens if, do I, if I, okay. All right, you ready? Yes. We got our timer ready, apparently. We'll find out. And go. If you were going away for two weeks, how far in advance would you start packing? The day before. How long does it take you to get ready in the morning? Uh, five minutes. When in charge of others, how do you tend to be? Me. Uh, are people who believe in the paranormal, for example, ghosts, vampires, aliens, etc., all crazy? Yeah, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> are you offered a choice of free training in martial arts or cooking? Which do you take? Wow, uh, cooking uh, with martial arts. That's what I do. That's a hard question. It is a hard question. I feel like I would that one was really tough. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like you'd learn cooking on your own. Martial arts is, I feel like. Like if they plugged you into the Matrix, yeah. and they're gonna download one thing, I I would do martial arts, yeah. you know. But if I gotta go through the whole thing yeah. every day of learning it, yeah, you know, improving myself, and fuck that, no. Yeah. You could be the fruit cooking. ninja. You put them together, <gasps> and yeah. just ruin all your cooking. Also, <laughs> martial arts. Here's your pie. Things yeah. that people study their whole lives and then never use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you study it not to use it. I mean, you get in shape and stuff like that. But I know people who were trained all the way up to like black belt uh, back when the days when like before MMA when it was either like kung fu or karate. Well, is right. it something you are supposed to use or just something that's like supposed to teach discipline? I would hope that you would and never want to use it. Yeah, like I don't even know. Well, that's what they, they tell you when you take the class. It's like so a, you don't realize it's a waste of your time. <laughs> but could you imagine that in cooking? Like they're chopping an onion and they they're go, like, and you should never do this. <laughs> never cook. We're gonna teach you. Well, it's like people, people learn yoga, but do they ever like use yoga? <laughs> Well, <laughs> like to me, martial arts, that's more of like an exercise. Can you thing. kill someone with serenity? Is that how that would <laughs> Downward work? Downward facing dog. Yeah, that's there you, we go. That's how you get them. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like a really intense argument or a business negotiation. It's like, no, we're going to do this. Like, fuck you. And the other person goes, no. <laughs> no, no. Like, goes into a zone. <laughs> like, Honestly, that'd probably work on it. It gets re centered. Yeah, I'd be like, it you're might. fucking weird. All right. <laughs> What's your morning routine? 
It all depends on what it is, but I, I have. Uh, Guess what? Guess what? My step one. Like, it gets wet. <laughs> my first thing. I dry off, though. Uh, I have, like, it takes me between 15 and 20 minutes, 20 and 25 minutes if I ride my bike to get to work. Okay. And so I try to get up as late minute. as possible. You can ride, how fast you, can you ride your bike? You, I, be, That's I, crazy. Ashley, one time we left the office at the same time. Yeah. And we got to, I got to the house five minutes after she did. What? How is wow. that possible? Yeah. I guess, like, you're taking a, Power you legs. a different route. Well, the nice thing about being a bike rider is you can ignore all traffic laws because apparently oh. that's what people do. Oh yeah, yeah. Because bikers are both pedestrians and cars. At, at their convenience, Barbara. <laughs> at their own convenience. What's the red light mean when you're a bike? Uh, I don't know. Just go uh, right through it. I'll but be a human. When you're, but as a guy, like when, when somebody asks you, what's your routine in the morning or routine for getting ready or whatever, do you actually have a routine? I st I feel like every morning of my life I wake up and I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, like I get up and I'm like, is this? Do I need soap today? Is it like, do I brush something? What happens? Like I feel like I'm a I'm a five year old every day as a as a guy. No. No. I'm a no, I'm, I'm, Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know, know what, what I'm to doing. do. Like, you know. I, I do that thing where I like cull things in my closet and in my bathroom. What do you call them? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I call them garbage and then I throw them out. It's the same effect. No, I'll get rid of 75% of the stuff that I have. Like, if you go through your medicine cabinet or your closet in your bathroom, it's like, the fuck is all this stuff? I do this thing in my closet, especially because I buy too many clothes, where I hang up everything one way or, mm. like, backwards, mm -hmm. and if I use it, I hang it back up the right way. I should do that. So if things are still hung up backwards by, like, five, six months after that, I just get rid of them. That's smart. I donate them. Because it's like, clearly I'm not wearing this. My whole thing is I'll come home and I'm like, I hate what I'm, the shirt that I'm wearing. It's like, I always hate when I'm wearing the shirt. So as soon as I come home, I throw it in this, I have like two laundry hampers and then one is like, as it builds up, then I just go donate it. Donate, yeah. yeah. Mm. But I never want to have more than two weeks of clothes in my house. Okay. Because in case of the apocalypse? No, I just want to be able to do all my laundry in one load. I've known Matt since college. Yeah. I had a girlfriend in college. She would just like, Congrats. because you don't, thanks Matt, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Because you, you had like laundromat, or we had the apartment complex laundry machine, not one in our apartment down the down the hall. Yeah. It would just like she would have mountains of clothes. Oh yeah. And like every three weeks, laundry was like an event, and then you'd get this like clean apartment. You're like, why don't I live like this all the time? Yeah. So I, I only do laundry by. when I uh, run out of socks or underwear. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But you swore that never again. Never again. Never again. You're yeah. done with that. I'm done. So you uh, you were like a capsule clothing. So the, the whole thing of a, a capsule is like you have a bunch of different shirts that are all similar but different. And like, well, for girls, it's like I you have like capsule two collections. skirts. And you, it's basically like you a just black take and a white all one. of your things and you mix and match. Yeah, I'm almost like a cartoon character. I would wear the same thing every day. You know, it just changes on based on what the weather is. Well, you got is. that polo with the little bunny. That's, I got mm -hmm. five of those. Mm -hmm. You got this black shirt. I literally have, I literally <laughs> have one of those polos. In the uh, in the dryer right now because I was thought about wearing that depending on what he was gonna wear. I was gonna wear. Oh yeah, Bernie and I show up wearing the same thing way too often. Really? I don't um, think I've ironically Jeff as well. Yeah, we done it. We do it all the time. It's jeans and black t-shirts. That's what yeah. we wear. I wear this one. I was gonna mention it later, but I wore this shirt special today um, in celebration of the 15 year anniversary. This is a shirt that says Blondie on the back. Ugh, can't turn around completely, but you guys gave this to me when I was I think 16 or 17 years old. So how old was that shirt? About 12 years. Wow, it's crazy. It's holding up really well. What's hey, fine merchandise? It's because I haven't worn it. What steak can we fuck your shirt in? <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Let's just ask the internet. They'll tell us. They will. All right, Meryl, you ready? Yes. Good luck, Are we ready with our timer? Yes, okay. And go. What kind of movie would you most likely be play a leading part in? Sorry. I don't know, a documentary about a cult. <laughs> Do you loathe or tremendously dislike most of the people you encounter? No. 
You're shopping for someone and have three versions to shoot to choose from. Which do you pick? The most style, most features, or lowest price? Probably lowest price. How much do you procrastinate? All the time. What do you usually wear when you sleep? Uh, usually a rooster t-shirt. Stop procrastinating. <laughs> <laughs> usually a rooster t-shirt. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because they're soft and affordable. Well, the one, there you go. Because <laughs> they're lying all over the office. You can add another <laughs> one of those dings. <laughs> no, I have a, I found like the banana, banana of pimp shirt, which I like, mm -hmm. I, like I don't even remember ever getting this. Oh my this. god, that's from the gauntlet? The, no, immer, no, it is a gauntlet. It yeah. is gauntlet. gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. 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 Damn, that's from the other day. Were you here when we did that? No. I don't know how I got it. No. <laughs> I think I think it was probably when I was an intern. I saw it laying around, and I was like, well, no one's claimed this yet. And, uh, take that. So she's I'm sorry for stealing. What's your favorite shirt in my the history of the company? The, the, the one that you wish you'd make again just so you could buy it again. Mm. Oh, my God. Any of the Barbara Dunkelman collection. Hey, nice. <laughs> it was a softball. It was like lobbed up there for you. Mine is a day, I wear the day five one. I have like two of those. The oh, day yeah. five crew shirt. Oh, it's mm -hmm. the, the, the gray one? one just says day five on it. I just don't know why. Love that Has shirt. anybody seen the RT animation crew shirt? Has, has mm -hmm. the public seen it? From which? The one that we just, that, that Cohen made, or I think Cohen made it. Somebody over there made it for this past year. I don't think that's I've seen it. That's got the lineup. That's like the, the, evolution. Cape, the evolution, Cape Man evolution mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, with all the it's characters like, from RT animation. It's really cool. It is cool. I did not yeah. receive that shirt. I kind of want them to, to, to sell it because it looks so cool, just so other people can can have it. Yeah, there's. But it's like starts with the the rocks from Nomad and goes up to the Genlock character. You could oh, sell awesome. it to the yeah. employees. Did you ever think about that? Oh, dollar signs appear on the screen. <laughs> 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 All right, Barbara, are we ready with the timer? Yeah, I think you cheated. and Looked at yours though. I didn't right. look at mine. All right, and go. Generally speaking, are you a warrior? Yes. Does the idea of living underwater fascinate you? Yes. <laughs> How good are you at fixing things around the house? I'm okay. Yeah? Uh, does the idea of actively participating in the reenactment of historical events interest you? No. Yes? No? Yes? yes. <laughs> do you try to eat healthy or do you just eat whatever you feel like? Whatever I feel like. Let's oh, you've been eating better though. You've been I've been trying to. Yeah. I started doing Orange Theory the other day. Oh, yeah. You guys oh, heard of this? That doesn't sound like you're eating yeah. oranges, though, from the context of our conversation. <laughs> it does. Just eating oranges. It's, a, it's like a workout it's, program. It's murderous, from it, what I understand. It is the hardest workout I've ever done. Yeah. My heart Athlete was racing for the next 24 hours. Yeah. I, to me, it feels like public performance. That's though. crack. That's not a workout. <laughs> I if think it's all cocaine. If your heart won't shut straight. It's like, I went into this workout place, and they gave everybody meth, and we went home. It's great. <laughs> I lost a ton of weight. That's right. It's all I do now. I saw a lot of people. A lot of people were doing it, and then they stopped doing it. And now I think there's a resurgence of it. Have I'm, they stopped doing it, or have they stopped Instagramming about it? Or maybe is that the same mm, thing? Maybe that's what it I is. I want to thank you for not Instagramming about. Orange I don't theory. like. Here's the thing. I don't like publicly sharing when I'm working out and stuff because then I feel like it puts too much pressure on myself. I agree. Yeah. Because then too. I got to keep up with it. Because if I stop, nobody will know. Has also, you, it's like if you work out a lot, they'd be like, why aren't you in better shape <laughs> if, you're, yeah. if you're at the gym all the time? Like, you keep talking about all this workout you're doing, and I don't see results. I, I put a one little bit, because it was part of my daily routine, I put one little bit in the last vlog about going to the gym. That's as much as I'll do. That's just part it, of your life. Have, yeah. Have y'all ever been approached by a fan or a community member while you're working out? No. I, I, I mean, shitty gyms. Oh, it's like if I'm out jogging or something. Like, oh, has that happened I've, You have run into people, and one time I met somebody, and he said, Oh, you're trying to work out. 
trying to you're work. Trying to work. Good for you. That was great. It's so like, I mean, it's not happening yet, but you know, <laughs> you'll get there. Keep at it. You're trying. That's you know, you're trying. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about this on a podcast maybe one time. When you see someone jogging, you see someone running on the street. You assume they do that every day. Right. When you're in the car and you see them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that person's probably out here. It could be their first time. Mm-hmm. And right it's now. like, so whenever you're that person jogging, you're like, oh, everyone's gonna know that this is my first time mm-hmm. doing this, but. Everyone My question is always like, what the fuck do you do for work? Like, why are you jogging <laughs> I, at 10 a.m.? I always see people, yeah, at like 1 o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I want to point out that you guys are in your cars driving around town. At <laughs> we're going on a work trip. Because yeah. yeah. I have that thing all the time where I go to the mall at like 2 on a Thursday. It's like, why don't these people, why do they have jobs? And, but I'm at the mall. <laughs> the mall. You know? It's part of the problem. But you know, I always think about that with the people, specifically people who are doing that thing where they're running in place, waiting for the light to change. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. fucking Just take, take a easy. minute. Yeah. Just walk in a circle. All right. Well, before I move on, <laughs> I'd like to thank Audible. This episode of Always Open is brought to you by Audible. For our audience, Audible is offering a free audiobook with 30-day trial. If you, wanted lis- if you want to listen to it, Audible has it. That's a good slogan. Mm. Just go to audible.com slash open or text open to 500-500 and start browsing their unmatched selection of audio content. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. You can listen while you jog or try to exercise. (laughs) There you go. What other excuse do you need? Um, Whether you want to feel healthier, get motivated, learn something new, or just relax and listen, Audible has an audiobook for that. Audible's selection of audiobooks, original shows, news, comedy, and more is unmatched anywhere. You will find what you are looking for. Uh, I recently started uh, listening to Ready Player One by Ernest Cline, mm. who is an uh, Austin local. Mm. Who reads that? Do you know? Will Wheaton. Oh, yeah, that make, totally yeah. makes sense, yeah. Um, I read the book a few years ago, and I wanted to revisit it before I saw the movie. So just started listening to it, and Will Wheaton brings a whole new level to the book. That sounds good. Really enjoyable, actually. Yeah. I might try that too. You should check it out. Yeah, I'm trying okay. to like digest it again before seeing the movie because mm-hmm. I know that it'll be a cool experience. Um, Audible members get a credit every month, good for any audiobook, regardless of price, and unused credit rolls over to the next month. Didn't like your audiobook? You could exchange it, no questions asked. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial at audible.com open or text open to 500-500. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash open or text OPEN to 500-500. Thanks to Audible for supporting Always Open. Indeed. I always love how our promo code is OPEN. OPEN. <laughs> yeah. like, so easy. It's great. And dirty mm. at the same time. <laughs> I got to say, like, in the acronym, I always go to the show Always Open, but when I see it, like, in our notes and things like that, A-O. A-O. <laughs> it's A-O. Like, yeah. It always makes me laugh when I see it. We that. got that, and we have the box of issues, which is boy. <laughs> and we also recently did uh, the Improve My Profile, which is IMP. <laughs> We're just trying to come up with games and segments that have the best acronyms. Improve, improve my profile is like a service you could offer. I mean, it it is. People need help. We were joking about mm. creating our own like dating site. Consulting, but, yeah. Well, yeah. people uh, like actually took to it. They were like, "Oh, I didn't realize." Like, someone was like, "I went looking for the always open dating app after I, we did it on the last episode." Just credit to our graphics department. Ah. Matt, I'm gonna pitch an idea here. So <laughs> we have six months before RTX in Austin. Yeah. As you know. Barbara's dad, Larry, mm-hmm. is the primary, if not only, developer for the RTX app that we use. He's the only one. Yeah. It's a great app. I just don't know if he uses third-party stuff. Mm. Uh, but what if Barbara's able to test market this thing by making a hookup 
section of the RTX app. Are there not like legalities? <laughs> well, that's and why you're the CEO here. If he says yes, and we get all <laughs> legality goes out the window. It doesn't matter. Emphasis on the sex of section. Is <laughs> It'll be RT sex. Yeah. RT sex. RT sex. RT Come on, sells itself. I know. Sounds like it does not need any disclaimers or very long. Terms of use that you have signed. <laughs> no, zero. Yeah. Not at all. There must be, be stuff easy. on Tinder that must be the terms of use. Must be insane. They must be insane, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. well, there's probably a lot of um, risk involved. I assume with starting a dating app and and um, like I guess responsibility if like something goes down, like if people meet on Tinder and some guy kills someone. Or if somebody has a kid. Does it fall? That can also be a thing yeah. too. You I know? don't know. That's the I mean, thing. Like I'm sure it's in their terms of use. Right. They probably they probably explicitly called that right. no, that has nothing if to do with us. If you have a kid. Don't blame us. If you get killed, don't blame us. Whereas with us, we say if you meet on Rooster Teeth and you have a kid, you guys own 10% of its income. Yes. Lifetime income. That's right. Entire yeah. life. It's Lifetime. in the terms of... Seems fair. Mm-hmm. Seems Honestly, fair. Yeah. All right. Well, we asked our community to ask some questions um, since they knew you guys were going to be here. And we had a lot of great ones, but we chose just a few. Uh, this one f- comes from Danielle P. And Danielle writes... What's it like knowing that you have an audience that is younger than the company itself? Mm. And how does it affect the content that the company produces? Do you find yourself trying to be better role models, and how do you accomplish this? I'm well, such a sweetly worded question. I feel like I can't give a stupid answer to it. <laughs> for uh, once in your say life. For once in my life. Um, it, is, it is interesting being fift, you know, at fift, the 15-year mark because we have... Kid, Bernie and I both have kids that are mm-hmm. around this age. Isn't JD 15? JD's 16 now. Just turned 16. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty crazy. And so Web is? Web's, Web's 13. Wow. Yeah. So, and they, you know, they watch our stuff and their friends and even kids that they go to school with that they don't know, you know, watch our stuff. So that can be interesting and awkward. So, yeah, you do want to have... You know, I don't know, feel like you're making stuff that's, you know, good and, you know, I don't know, that you're not going to feel, well, just that you're not going to feel later like, oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed that that's a kind of content that we make or that, you know, you know, I don't want my, my kids to feel ashamed of the kind of content that their dad and their family, you know, makes. Yeah. So, I mean, which doesn't mean like we should, we, we love being, doing things that are risque like this show and things that are a little edgy and all that kind of stuff and like we would never stop doing any of that. And I think comedy is much uh, about pushing the envelope, you know? One more season. Like, we want to always be, like, pushing the envelope as far as we can be. But there's a, I think there's a, you know, you know when you're doing something that's just not, I don't know, uh, when you're only in it for, for views or for money or whatever, and that's not what we yeah. are interested yeah. in. And in fact, for, for a while we had Game Kids, which was an actual effort for mm-hmm. to have programming that was specifically so young kids could watch it. And your kids were both in it, right? Yeah, they were both mm-hmm. yeah, all were in it, yeah. And uh, Millie as well, and, uh, and Chelsea Harfouche, who's not a kid, but she was in as well. Um, but I always feel like, I, you know, we make content here that we want to see, so I don't really make content for 13-year-olds. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I remember what I was like when I was 13, and younger people tend to age themselves up. They mm-hmm. don't want to watch content that's age-appropriate for them. They just don't want to. Uh, and with my kids, what I did when JD started to flex that a little bit, uh, like he wanted to see World War Z. I mm. remember when he mm. was like 12 when it came out or mm-hmm. 11. And I said, no, we're not going to go see World War Z. But if you want to read the book, you can totally read the book. And so They're give, totally different though, aren't they? 
Oh, they're totally different. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. Also, because don't go see World War Z. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a totally separate conversation. Another tangent. But my idea was, you know, let's if he wants to kind of age himself up and like kind of push his boundaries a little bit, I'd rather have him do that with a book than do it by just watching a movie or some TV show. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but it's up to the parents. You know, it's I don't make content for thirteen-year-olds, not specifically. And no. you know, if they want to age up and watch it, that's that's fine. You yeah. know, with me. You know, as long as their parents are okay with it. It is weird to think about though that. A lot of our audience is younger than the company. Like, people are 13, 12, and the company is 15 years old. I was 15 when I started watching. Yeah. And so now the company is as old as I was when I started, mm -hmm. which is crazy. But I'm 28. So just, how did this happen? I'm just a math. I think it's because I started later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I started two years later. Uh, and the second part of that question is do you find yourself trying to be better role models? Uh, like I know me and Meryl. Yeah, go point. ahead. Well, well. <laughs> with the show in particular, um, a lot of people reach out to us and say that we've become role models for them, especially a lot of the, the female audience. And that is very nerve-wracking mm -hmm. because I'm very used to not caring about what I say or what I do, and now I have to kind of realize anything I say and do does have an impact on people sure. and can sway what people think and how people will react to certain situations. Um, so it's Yeah, well, I mean, it's the, the greatest part of... A job like this is that you get to kind of like leave a legacy out there in the world, you know, and you want to leave a legacy that, you know, is helpful to people and, you know, like makes people feel better about the world and better about themselves and, and everything. That's what we're here to entertain, you know. It's a lot of pressure. And though. not, uh, yeah, and not and not worse. The role model thing is 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 tough and interesting. Like, I I I guess I try to approach it more from the aspect of trying to be responsible. Right. You know, and I, I don't, I don't, the role model thing is like, I guess there's a bit of not wanting to have the ego associated with saying like, I'm a role model, you know, because I don't think that's what anybody here is looking to do. But at the same time, you realize that once you get in the, in the public eye, that there are going to be people who, who are looking up to you or looking to you for cues on how they should behave or other things they should do. And you want to be responsible about that. Yeah. And so we should all get drunk now. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a way to go about it where you could still be yourself and be true to yourself, but also still be like aware what you're saying has an impact. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And just be a good example in a way. Where... Well, I think it goes back to the conversation we just had about the gym, which is yeah. I don't have to tweet about it or put it on social media all the time that I'm in the gym or whatever. You're trying to work out. Like, likewise, I'm trying to work out. <laughs> I'm just trying my best. You should post that next time. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to work out. But it's one of those things. It's it's uh, you just got to establish like what how you want to live your lo life, and hopefully you're living that in a positive way, and yeah. hopefully yeah. that bleeds over to people who watch it without you telling them yes. you should also have to live this way because okay. everyone's life is different and not everything's gonna work for everyone. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What do you think, Meryl? I don't know. I, re I just remember when we first started doing this show, and it was I never really had like a public outing. Like I'd never publicly come out, came out, but I knew oh, yeah. that doing this show, I was like. I'm gonna have to be more honest. I'm gonna have to live my truth. I have to come out and say that I'm not dating Tyler. I'm bring <laughs> right. a lot of hearts. Um, or so she says. <laughs> but but it, it has been important to have people that'll reach out and be like, hey, like, you know, I, you know, a lot of people reach out after Caden's episode and they yeah. like, watched Caden's episode mm -hmm. and she was so great and like mm. it gave me the courage to talk to my family about those issues and like I'm transgender as well and like all of these things and so it's just been amazing to like know that you know 
something like this that we you know we sit here and we drink and we have fun and whatever, but it does have a larger. Well, you impact. realize that representation matters. Right. Right. Yeah. And representation, I think, puts an extra responsibility on the person. Yeah. Know, as well. Right. So. Yeah. It's added. Um, well, cool. I'll read this next question. This one comes from Kelly B. A lot of ladies in our community. Yeah. They all have like kind of cool rap names. I know Kelly B. Daniel. Kelly B. <laughs> I'm Barbara D. Barbara D. Meryl S. That doesn't work. No. So well. <laughs> <laughs> work on it. Uh, so Kelly writes: When y'all started working on building the business aspects of Rooster Teeth to be more than what someone would just call just a hobby, hmm. did you have supportive friends and family, or were there people trying to talk you down? And if there were dream crushers, how did you handle the lack of support from people you maybe felt should have been? That's such a great question. I don't think I've ever heard it framed that way. Yeah. Honestly, I think usually. What we, well, what I, what I always encountered was uh, that people just didn't get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so there would be a period of like, you know, you're at a party and trying to explain to somebody what you did, or talking to your parents or your parents' friends or whatever, and you know, you'd say, I, I put out videos on the internet for free, and then there's just this complete befuddlement. That that is something that is a job people could do. Yeah. You know, and it started to change a lot now because they there's all these stories about YouTube, you know, blogger celebrities, and so it seems like I guess that seems like a real profession to to some people now. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of go like, oh, so you're like Jake Paul, I'm like dear God, <laughs> you know, not at all. But but like, I, actually, we're like Logan Paul. Right. <laughs> uh, I didn't even I don't I don't ever like. Uh, I, I never thought, I mean, I don't think anybody ever said to me like, oh my God, you, you shouldn't do that. That's a really bad idea. I mean, the, the story I've told before is like when things were going well and Bernie was like, you need to get back to, to Austin. Like, let's make a run at this. I said to, Aust uh, to, said to Anna, um, you know, that I, like, I think that we, you know, we should quit our jobs here and move back to, to Austin so we can try this thing and give away videos on the internet for free, essentially, was, you yeah. know, was the business proposition. She was like, awesome, let's do it, you know? So I, I feel like people have been uh, generally supportive, even, I think, and I think maybe it was just because it was so weird they couldn't figure it out. Like, if that's something you're doing and it makes sense, then more power to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Did you have the same experience? I, I mean, a little bit. I mean, we also had pressure from the industry and like, we had a lot of friends who were going off and working in TV and film and things like that. And it's easy to look back now and see that web video is this big thing and a lot of people do it and make a living at it. But even words like home video back then were yeah. dirty words. It's like, oh, your, your movie went straight to, straight to video? Straight to oh, video, it's yeah, too that, bad. that always meant it wasn't good. That wasn't good, yeah. right. And so and web video was like, the best description I ever heard that someone make of uh, web video back then was, uh, being in one of your friend's web series is like the new jury duty. Like, you yeah. have to go oh do this God. for your friends. You gotta go, shit, my friend's got a web series, I gotta go be in this fucking thing. Um, yeah, so it was like, and you know, we just had an idea of where things were headed and you know, just kind of stuck with it. But even as late as like, when I was still CEO, like 2010, 2011, um, we were getting questions from the press like, hey, do you think one day that people will make money doing what you guys are doing? It's like, you just toured our office. We have like 40 people that, that work point, here. At you've been going for what, seven years? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, so it was always some of that. But in the early days, one of the things that helped uh, was that RVB uh, was a hit, not overnight, but all, like right out of the gate, it was a hit, which yeah. really helps. Um, now, even today, we have to like give shows a little bit of runway to build up. But it was like the fact that we had a hit on our hands that that helped a lot. It almost seems like now, still to this day, web content is still looked down upon. 
Like I people agree. are like, when are you gonna go mainstream? It's right. Like, yeah. This kind of is mainstream now. Like yeah. the majority of people, um, I guess the millennial generation, watch their content online. Right. It's like mm -hmm. where they watch their stuff. Um, so Ultra I imagine Carbon that, is a web series. Yeah. It is. I imagine that could be frustrating. Mm -hmm. To not be, I guess, legitimized by the industry in itself that you're trying to be part of. Or I guess not. Well, Steven Spielberg literally just said that Netflix movies, he says Netflix because it's almost like the way Hollywood talks about digital content. They yeah. say Netflix, just like when the rest of the world talks about online video, they said YouTube forever. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and Steven Spielberg said that Netflix movies should not be eligible for Oscars because you're just making TV movies. And yeah. that's not, mm. go, go, and the, go for the Emmys. The can, and the Cannes Film Festival just blocked Netflix from, from that as well. The audience booed, wow. like, resoundly when they see the Netflix logo yeah. at the Cannes Film Festival. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, we had bad reviews on, on Laser Team that started with, like, if YouTube was in the first sentence mm -hmm. of the review, I knew it was a bad review because, like, they were fixated on YouTube. And it was like that exact same phenomenon of they see a, a, a logo that to them is associated with something that can't possibly be quality content. It's mm -hmm. this other thing. It's not what I'm used to. It's not traditional. And that is, that's, it's just weird to me, well, you know? Like it'll never get the same shot as something else. Yeah, but, and, and as an artist, like, when I, you know, when I was getting into the industry and trying out new things, what, what was always exciting to me was being able to innovate and do new things yeah. and try new things that other people weren't doing. And the idea that there's this, like, pressure to be, to conform, basically, and do it in the same way as everybody else and on the same platforms as everybody else or else it's not legitimate somehow is crazy. Yeah. You know, so I feel like we we have always run like directly against that, you know, not not because we felt like it was the only way to do business, but because we felt like it was as legitimate a way to do business and create art if as any. Better. Yeah. As anything else. I mean, how many forums are there where there are shows like this where we can directly interact with the audience and take questions from them and like talk to them and, and chat at the same time? It's like it's just a completely different. Thing, and get instant which is good. feedback. And get instant feedback. That's something yeah. I think you guys talked about in your early days of being able to put something online and instantly get feedback. Yep. Get comments and, and responses to it. Whereas you put up a television show and how do you find out what people like? You just broadcast right. it to the airwaves. Yeah. It's a much more like bottoms up approach, bottoms up, uh, <laughs> versus a top down approach, which is what, you know, traditional entertainment's always been. Right. Yeah. Did you have people in your life that were hesitant about your career? Uh, my parents still don't understand what I do here. <laughs> I, like, I was literally on the phone with my mom yesterday. And um, she's like, yeah, you know, because she's never been to an RTX. And she, do, she like, doesn't even... Does she watch anything? No, no. I think when we did um, 11 Little Roosters, she was like, oh, you're like... You're 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 a Mexican. <laughs> you're representing the family. Yeah. Um, but so it's still like they're still like yeah you know like whatever you do like we're we're happy now. When I was in college, I was thinking about um, going to medical school and, and whatnot, and so they were like super excited about that. And then I was like, well, actually, this is what I really want to do. And they're like, well, we're happy, but like, what? How are you gonna? What are you live? gonna do like, next? What are you gonna, yeah, yeah. Like, what is? Are you sure that can't just be like a hobby of yours? And it wasn't until. Um, in college, I got an internship at Sony, and they recognize that name. So they're like, "Oh, okay. Like, I think we get it." And then now that I'm like, "Yeah, I've been here for a while." Like, they're they're slowly starting to get it. But um, I think it. I'm gonna. I want to bring them to RTX this year, so they, they can finally like. RTX helps a lot. I think awesome. honestly, yeah. everyone's parents uh, of people who work here should experience RTX. Yeah, because yeah. that I'm, to me is like the moment of like this is a real yeah thing where people are just like 
so enthusiastic and excited about this thing that you're a part of yeah. creating. I yeah. think everyone's parents, everyone, you know, themselves, and tickets are on sale now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a funny thing when you see it, like if you have a panel room, and some of the biggest panel rooms at RTX are like 5,000, yeah. 6,000 people, right? Yeah. So if you get someone in the room and there's five or 6,000 people there, it's like, oh my God, that's incredible. And you step back and you think, well, if we put up a video and 5,000 people watched it, we'd be like, what happened? That's like, so low. Yeah, right. you know, and it's just, but there's something about having those people all in the room together. People just have made that connection. Yeah. And we, I think we all made that connection years ago. And so when we see the comments and we see the views, and we, we do connect with those people. Absolutely. We understand because we're those people ourselves watching videos. It's the same comments. thing with the, the crowdsourcing stuff. Yeah. Um, for the, the first Laser Team campaign, I think we had about 36, 32 or 30. Yeah, we broke the record at 32,000 people. 32,000 wow. backers. But again, like that number for views for us is low. Right. But then when you think of 32,000 people contributing and making this movie with us, right. Right. it's That's, a huge number. It's nuts. Which I think is important too because, I mean, 32,000 is a lot of people. Uh, but it is more important because in the web world also you hear these enormous numbers and we're, we're, we have them so we talk about them as well like, you know, 9 billion video views, you know, how many videos we produce, how many, you know, 40 million subscribers across all of our channels and those things. And someone starting out hears those numbers and it's just like, it makes no sense to them. When you hear 32,000 people broke a record, that's like, you can start to wrap your mind around how to build an audience with that, you yeah. know? Because mm -hmm. maybe you can't start off with 32,000, but you might put together like two to five, Yeah. you know? And if you get to two to five, maybe you get to 10. If you can get to 10, maybe you can get to 30, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very impressive how quickly that could grow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how much power that small amount of people has in terms of like mm -hmm. boosting you to where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, those people change, change this company. I mean, the stuff we're doing now, it's like it's just, we just went up another level. Yeah. You know, not necessarily with like that specific production, but it's just like what we were looking at and the plans we had, we kind of drew them forward, too. I'm very proud of you guys. Well, thank you. <laughs> what about you, Barb? Did you have that when you were starting out? I didn't, actually. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of like, oh, I hear you're moving to Austin. That's cool. And they didn't really have any questions. Um, and my parents were very familiar with Rooster Teeth. Not at first. Um, they actually came with me to the first RBBTO in 2005. Smart move. Because I was, I had just turned 16 at the time, and they're like, you're going to Toronto to meet who? Yeah. And I was like, oh. A guy on the internet? Friends okay. from the internet, and they're like, how do, internet? Um, we're gonna come with you and make sure this is like a legit thing. Mm -hmm. So I remember they stayed at the same hotel as, uh, as I did, and they had one of the organizers who was Joe, microbe, mm -hmm. on the site. Uh, he had to come with me to my parents' room to like introduce himself. Oh my. And he was like 19 at the time. And he's uh -huh. like, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Dunkelman. Like, yes, this is a legitimate event. I'm one of the organizers. <laughs> Your daughter will be very safe with us. Still don't know why they trusted him, but they did. Yeah, um, he's a nice guy. Yeah, very nice yeah. guy. Is that so, why they come to RTX every year? Just to make sure you're still hanging around? Just to right make crack? sure it's legit. Does yeah. Joe have to come up every convention? <laughs> every, time. <laughs> every time. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Dunkelman, thank you so much. Sorry. Barbara will be fine. All the way from <laughs> Canada. He's like the person who just reassures them no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. But no, they were very excited for me. And like now they're super fans. Yeah. As you guys know, my yeah. parents watch everything and they follow everyone on Twitter and yeah. they do the RTX app. They came to Australia. They came to Australia and London. Yeah. They've come to every international RTX. That's well, awesome. like the first ones. They haven't come to the second ones because they're slacking. It's nice to have supportive parents. It is. So can I ask you a question? No. Nope. Uh, in regards to all this stuff? I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> um, uh, when someone asks you that you're meeting for the first time, what do you do for a living? What's your answer? I say I do uh, marketing and social media for a production company. Really? So you don't say host or actress or anything like that? It's hard to explain that. Because mm -hmm. uh, usually I'll, I'll say that and they're like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, I also do hosting and like on camera stuff with them as well. Yeah. and voice acting. And then they go, cool. 
I think because they're just confused because yeah. it's a lot of information all at once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always funny when I get asked that question because I always describe what what it is first. I'm like, oh, I work for a production company and we do all these things. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, okay, it's all, it's all on the web. And I said, oh, yeah. And then I say rooster teeth. And they're like, oh, rooster teeth. Okay. Yeah. That helps. That yeah, was like it happened years last, before it that happened. happened last night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. Well, especially in Austin, I think it's yeah. become more common yeah. knowledge. Here. But yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant to tell people the name because I don't want them to like start looking me up yeah. and get my right. But like, I've started saying more on the marketing side, especially when I'm like looking to buy a house and need like loans and stuff. Where I'm just like, mm. I do marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like, I'm an actress. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. On the internet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Well, before we move on, we were talking about skincare routines earlier right. in the show. Were we? Well, here's a suggestion. Mm. Bioclarity. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? You're, Matt, you have to be wet to use it. You'll be <laughs> somewhere around this. You do. You do have to. Uh, this episode of Always Open is brought to you by Bioclarity. <laughs> Finding the right skincare routine is super important. Taking great care of your skin can boost your energy and radiance. I love using Bioclarity. It makes my skin feel super soft and look very healthy. I look like a young 25, even though I'm 28. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thanks for the laugh off camera there. <laughs> BioClarity delivers glowing clear skin by reducing redness and boosting your natural beauty. Mm. You could use it twice daily without worrying about excess irritation, and there's no harsh chemicals. BioClarity is packed with clarifying botanicals and new Floralux. Yes, that's a real word. Uh, it's naturally derived from chlorophyll, yes, the green stuff plants need, and is proven to soothe away blemishes. BioClarity is delivered straight to you and is uh, an easy to use three step skincare ritual that's 100% vegan plus gluten and cruelty free. You see three steps, cleanse, treat and restore to take care of your skin. BioClarity also offers a skin smoothie with hydrate. It's a lightweight, breathable moisturizer designed for even the most sensitive skin. Start a healthy habit and get glowing clear skin. Just go to bioclarity.com. Our listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's a $20 savings. And it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you need to enter the code OPEN. That's bioclarity.com and use the code OPEN. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Anna's going to make me try that now. Is she? Mm -hmm. good. The best part is Will Wheaton will come to your house and put it on your face. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, nice. <laughs> and then we have another ad at the end of the show where it's all tied together. Oh, really? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, so we have one more question from the community. This one comes from Joseph G. Actually, this might be Joe, Microbe. Oh, yeah. Oh. Then I'm looking at how it's spelled. Um, and he writes, 15 years is a great accomplishment. Congratulations to everyone. That's the whole question. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what's in store I worked really hard. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what's in store for the next 15 years? Do you see yourself continuing to be part of RT, or do you have other projects waiting to spark? Well, we do have that uh, cooking and kung fu collaboration we've been <laughs> yes. talking about. Mm -hmm. For the last 45 minutes. Features so. will eat in it. So yeah, that's right. yep. Good. Yep. We might want to do that. He washes your face for you. <laughs> and then, and then, you, and then you cook. Um, I, I mean, I hope that Rooster Teeth will always be a part of my life. You know? I don't know in what form, you know? But uh, it would be nice to be 75 and get to come back and do stuff at Rooster Teeth. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, predicting what Rooster Teeth is going to do in 15 years, it's kind of like predicting where the entertainment industry is going to be in 15 mm, years. Yeah. yeah. That's not what we set out to do in April of 2003. Well, also, what Rooster Teeth has done in the last five years yeah. is mm -hmm. something that I never thought I'd see Rooster Teeth do. You know, like three feature films, a book, or multiple books. It's yeah. the blue book. Like all these different things where you couldn't have predicted this even five years ago. Listen, there's a lot of tough things along the way um, where, you know, 
it's going back to the online video thing, we've dealt with, you know, skepticism, people saying no also, but we dealt with that from the community too. Like things that we've done of doing features, you know, the full screen deal that we did at the time, people were like, I was like, oh, they've done this thing for 10, 11 years so that they could just like cash out and run or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you just gotta weather through that stuff. You know, yeah. you're gonna, you're always gonna have those voices and you just power through. It's like, you have a plan. We just saw what was happening in the online digital video world and we saw how nobody was paying attention to it until about 2011, and then suddenly everybody's paying attention to when it. When did YouTube start? 2006. Six. Yeah, three years wow. after Rooster Teeth. But it was like, even YouTube was like, kind of like, honestly, like public access television, the way most people talked about it, you know? Uh, but it wasn't until these major, I'd say probably House of Cards was the big turning point. That was pretty the, big one, yeah. For the industry. When somebody was investing $100 million into a web series That's that was not going to appear in theaters or on television. At least not on network television. Yeah. And uh, when that happened, I mean, we looked up and saw, you know, we were a big part of the story of online video for the first chapter. We very clearly see another chapter is starting. And if we want to be part of the second chapter, we have to be able to compete with people like Netflix and HBO. Netflix mm -hmm. spending $8 billion or, you know, making 700 series yeah. in Jeez. one year. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of things we have to do. And, we, and it's our job to see those things coming way down the road. Otherwise, You'd be talking about Rishi in the past tense, you know, right. this thing that was cool. Well, there's that whole, I think it, I've heard multiple people at this company say it, but it's something of like, the internet demands change and hates change or something? No, that's my, that's my saying. It's that's uh, say? the internet, internet demands progress, but hates change. Hates change. So it's all the little changes along the way that really upset people. Like anytime YouTube changes their, their, uh, format, yeah, or their algorithm, or, their, or the way it looks, the way the comments are, or they the move the like button two yeah. inches to the right, and yeah. everybody says it's the end of it. It goes through all the comments on all the popular videos. They have like usually some ASCII like protests going on, and it's like, but yeah, those little changes are hard along the way. But if you go back now in 2018 and try to use the YouTube site in 2009, it's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah, it's unusable garbage. Or like if Rooster was still just making Red versus Blue, right, right, in a spare bedroom, right, it would right. not exist anymore. Which five right. guys? Well, I mean, we could have we could have made a living doing Red versus Blue if we just said, okay, this is good enough. You know? Yeah, we could have done it even now through to season sixteen. You probably would have killed each other though by then. <laughs> I imagine. Probably so. And, <laughs> and eaten one of you. <laughs> Who would be the first to go? Uh, whoever, whoever's the tastiest. Gus is uh, the biggest. <laughs> Although he's he like, has that he's nice, the tastiest. meaty gut. Yeah. No, I he's can't imagine. He's probably the spiciest. <laughs> 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 I don't, being the grouchiest doesn't necessarily the spiciest. <laughs> the grouchiest. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who would be first to go? <laughs> Why are we contemplating this so know. hard, Barbara? I kind of wonder. A battle royale. Um, yeah, I feel like, and people have asked me this before too, especially with like Bloodfest happening. They've asked me like, do I want to do more acting, and like, do yeah. I want to do more stuff like outside of Rooster Teeth? And I always say that I've gotten to do everything I wanted to do and more just within Rooster Teeth. I've gotten to do community management, I've gotten to act, I've gotten to host, I've gotten to like do my own show, I've gotten to be on podcasts. And it's like all these different things. I've ha I've been able to write an episode of Red vs. Blue. Like, yeah. what? Um, so what do you want to do next, Barbara? I don't know. I've always said that I'd like to direct. Yeah. I'd love to direct something eventually, maybe write something a little longer form. Mm -hmm. um, and again, like those are things I could see myself doing at Rooster Teeth, hopefully. Um, and also maybe write a book. Yeah. It'll all just be, it'll be a coffee table of dick drawings. <laughs> yeah, hey. We talked about doing a coffee table I think for we this could show. actually yeah, market that. Show. It's true, we, we kind of want to do a coffee table book for Always Open that has like all of our different like drink recipes and 
quotes and, and funny stories from the show. I love that. Yeah. So, Let's get, get a, Yvonne <laughs> on that. Yvonne's, Yvonne's uh, been enjoying the making the books. Oh, yeah. She's got a bunch of, of books that she's working on right now. Yeah. So, talk about that. I feel like this company yeah. has two different rhythms. Like, the rhythm of the day-to-day -day is very much like the hair, where everyone's going crazy and racing, racing, racing. Yeah. It's more of sprint, but then the, the long-term rhythm of the company is more of a marathon. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's more of that pace. And things are very measured that we do going forward, plans that we have and things like that. But yeah, I mean, even where we're sitting right now, this broadcast space is just like, they like demolish it and rebuild it every day. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes three times a day, you know? What's well, been the craziest thing is working, I've been here for almost four years, and when we started, it was Patrick and I. Like, Patrick was the first hire, I was the second that he hired. It was two of us, and then Kara running, like, tech deck, I mean, tech directing, and then, like, Sony cameras. Yeah. And, yeah. like, that and was Brandon, it. too. Yeah, was Brandon like, and Kyle, like, switch running, like, Sony handheld cams to, like, do broadcast shows, and now it's, like, this. Look at, I mean, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like 15 dudes um, <laughs> all here. But you know, like it's it's grown so much. Our just percent in the last, of women in like, broadcast has gone down. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it used to be you and Kara. Yeah. And Kara. That's right. We've lost a step there. I got uh, that. It used to be 50 percent. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But but it's 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 been amazing just here in the short time that I've been here. You know, in compare par comparison to you guys, but just like how it's blown up and how it's grown. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I always think about how I was employee number 28. It's on my... I love that you know your employee number. The second I got my first paycheck and I had my like employee number on it, I was like, 28. I'm going to remember that. And now we're at 350? Like three, three, 300, 300 plus. Oh, I don't 300. remember exactly where we are now. Yeah. And that's just yeah. in the last six and a half years. Well, the thing I'm super proud of, too, is along the lines of the company lasting a really long time is that this is the first place I've ever worked where people stay here for such a long period of time. Yeah. Like the average length of employment is super long, especially for people who appear on camera. It just tends to be the most volatile careers mm -hmm. is we've had people that have been on camera here for 12, 15 years at this point, you know? And, yeah. and it's kind of the, that's the normal. It's a really long live stream. Let's <laughs> flip that off at some point. Yeah. The, employee, the employee number thing actually is like really inspiring to me when I and I hear people talk about it. And I remember, uh, I think Carrie might have been the first person who like said his employee number to me like in conversation like that. Then I was like, oh, you know your employee number. That's, that's kind of amazing and awesome. And uh, I remember when my, uh, my stepmom visited uh, when we were in, had moved here to the, uh, to AFS and all of our sound stages are these old airplane hangars. And she had worked in a business uh, that started in an airplane hangar and was very small operation. It was like four or five people and she was the secretary for the CEO. Wow. And, um, and she knew her em employee number and she was very proud of her employee number. And that business uh, went on to become FedEx. Yeah. Whoa. So, she's employed, like shit. number what? Like she's in, I, in teens or something. Or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So so when I when I, I hear a story like that and I look around and I see what we're doing now, I'm like, well, anything is possible. Yeah. yeah. You know, like we've done things that I think we all never imagined we would do in 15 years, and so you think about the next 15 years, like sky's the limit. You know. We could start shipping. We could start shipping. We're going oh, in. We're competing against nowhere. FedEx right now. <laughs> that's our next. That's our next adventure. But really, you know, I mean, like stranger things have happened. Think about how many crazy, you know, crazy huge uh, startups, you know, from Dell to Facebook 
to Apple started in somebody's garage or dorm room. Mm -hmm. And isn't Dell yeah. in Austin? Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Started in the uh, University of Texas dorm room. Yeah. See, and I also think about all the bright, shiny things where something launches and everyone's like, this is the greatest thing ever and it's going to change the world. And then three years later, you don't hear about it. And we're yeah. just still mm -hmm. going along. That's what I always think. About. Right. Because, you know, during especially those first, you know, 10 years, 9, 10 years, I always felt like we were never number one. Like, yeah. even if you look at, even for like a machinima show or a machinima video, Red versus blue is not the most well-known one. It's still Leroy Jenkins. That's what yeah. people always reference on Jeopardy questions. But I think like that. a lot of people don't really refer to that as machinima. No, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, there was a, um, a, a like group. we were never. I'm saying so we were never number one really in any category. Mm. But we kept going along. Everyone who was number one, these people that we were supposedly chasing. Yeah, it's like they're just not around anymore. Well, there was a Google Trends like graph I saw the other day that somebody posted, maybe on Reddit, that was like all of these social media platforms over the years and their their curve, you know? Yeah. And their peak, really. And like, uh, you know, MySpace was in there and like all of them were in there and it's just like where they hit, you know, their apex in Google Trends and then went went back down. And I think we were fortunate because we came around the time where uh, Friendster and, and MySpace had both like, you know, become huge overnight and then they went away. Yeah. And we always felt, I think, like, let's not just go for that shiny thing, you know. Let's not try to turn ourselves into something we're not. If we can stay in a path of like steady growth, and you know, doing the things that we want to do, and doing the things we want to do is a big deal. Yeah, and 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 not trying to be somebody that we're not, you know. Then steady growth is great, you know. That's what you, everybody should aspire to. Not. You know, let's be an overnight sensation, and if we flame out, oh well, we had right. the moment in the sun. Like, like I, I like doing this. I want to keep doing it. I don't want, I don't want to flame out. So, what about flame on? Flame on. Isn't that a, from a, that character in Fantastic Four? Yeah. <laughs> right. Nailed it, Barb. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hello Fresh. I'm waiting to see how this all comes together with the Will Wheaton angle, and so here's what <laughs> you're going to make this into. We're going to pay Will Wheaton if you we mention him anymore. You yeah. wash your face, you put in your audiobook, and then you cook yourself a meal. There you go. With Hello Fresh, this episode of Always Open is brought to you by Hello Fresh. We've teamed up with Hello Fresh, and they are offering everyone in our audience. $30 off your first week of deliveries when you mm. go to HelloFresh.com and use the code OPEN30. 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 Uh, Mariel and I, this lovely lady, uh, absolutely love HelloFresh. It's delivered right to your door in an insulated, recyclable package. That's important. It is. Um, and saying recyclable is very challenging. Uh, but it. it's not hard to recycle, as I've learned. You won't spend all night in the kitchen because recipes only take around 30 minutes each. Lots of one-pot recipes for seriously speedy cookie cooking, <laughs> speedy cookies, speedy cookies, <laughs> speedy cooking, and minimal cleanup. Each box is made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients from carefully selected farms and high-rated, trusted sources. We both love the meals HelloFresh has sent us. Meryl, you recently cooked something with HelloFresh. I did. I did. I love HelloFresh. They've been sending us a lot of great things. Um, so I've been watching a lot of Chopped lately. Mm. And so they one of their things is like, you can cook quickly. So I'll set my Alexa timer and then time myself and then act like I'm on Chopped. So I'm like, <laughs> like how, Alexa, how much time's left? Um, but balsamic onion burgers. They yes. I had those too. Delicious. So good. Big fan of mayonnaise, big fan of garlic. Mix them together, make a garlic aioli. I, I made those with Trevor and he thought it said onion burgers. And he was just like, onion burgers? <laughs> just wait, just you like, just, just have like an onion? onion on a bun? What did you say? What, that thought it was balsamic? I went, yep. <laughs> 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 just onion burgers. <laughs> onion burgers. No, but they're really good. They're delicious. 
Um, HelloFresh makes it so easy to cook delicious, balanced, filling dinners for less than $10 a meal and free shipping. You could look forward to your weekly HelloFresh box delivery knowing dinner just got easier and you can enjoy not having to plan dinner, spend money on takeout, or worry about gathering all the ingredients. Go to HelloFresh.com and use the code OPEN30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. That's HelloFresh.com and use the code OPEN30. All right, well, we got one more question. We could either do this question or a box of issues and save one for the post-show. Oh, oh. Listen, you are the host. I trust you whatever implicitly. You, whatever you feel. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Oh, it sounds like the boy. It sounds like it's we're, Let's do the boy. the boy. So we're going to save the uh, when you were 15, where did you think your life would take you for the post-show. So if you are a first member, tune into that to hear what these guys have to say about that question. <laughs> I, uh, spoiler, I was going to be an orthodontist. There you go. That was my career path. <laughs> you so, just you know, lost people who were going to sign up for I first will, membership. Well, I'll explain out. why, the trajectory of why that didn't happen. Or maybe oh. I am an orthodontist. Mm. <laughs> Hence, rooster teeth. This is the 15-year point. It's just a front. Well, it was, it was listed as a, as a dentist on Google Maps for a while, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. All right. Yeah. Well, this is a, a question from user Mason M. Mason M? Not as catchy. Um, and Mason writes, hi, everybody. Big fan of the show. Hi, Mason. Show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm about to get my master's degree in education. I've been working on this for years, and I am finally going to graduate and become a full-fledged history teacher. However, I don't know if this is really what I want to do with my life anymore. Mm. I do have a passion for history and for sharing stories, but I don't know if teaching is what I necessarily want to do for a living. Was there ever a point where you thought that you were headed down the wrong career path or that you were wasting your time and potential? I think everyone goes through this. I think everyone goes through it. I think you're exactly I think right. everyone should go through it. Yeah. Because if you're not going through it, I think you're going to hit a wall at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's better to have it sooner than later is what I'm saying. Because, yeah, I think everybody goes through it. Well, you, I know, did a completely different degree, right? At first, you were in medicine? Medicine, yeah. yeah. It was uh, pre-med. It was first, a kid wanted to be an orthodontist. Then I went to pre-med at UT, and I switched to computer science in my mm -hmm. senior year. And uh, that was a huge conversation with my parents, because I just, I didn't want to go into medicine. And it was, I chose it because they make you make these decisions when you're 16 to 18, and to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And to me, it was just like, I identified as being a smart kid, in high yeah. school, that was my identity, and it, the medicine was a smart person's career. Yeah. So that's literally why I chose it. I thought I'm supposed to be a doctor because that's the best career. It's also what anyone's parents want for them. Right. right. True. Well, yeah. yeah. Especially Jewish parents. You're gonna be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> Nothing else will do. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? Uh, well, yeah, I think. I mean, you know, for, I mean, teaching is a hard profession. First of all, mm -hmm. um, I've, I've had friends who were, you know, teachers and, you know, dropped out of it to do something else. One went into beating kids. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, no, teaching, is, teaching Beating kids it. in chess. No, but it's, I mean, <laughs> I think if you're not asking questions about your, you know, yourself and what you want to do and who you want to be, I mean, that never stops changing. It's not like, I mean, society is built around the idea, at least now, that, you know, you go to school, you come out of school, and then you have your life set, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's not realistic. Yeah. Who could who can live that way? That doesn't even make any sense. You're always going to grow and develop and want to try new things, and you discover new things as you go along, hopefully, you know. And that's going to lead you to do other stuff. So I don't think anybody should feel bad about, you know, exploring what you want your life's purpose and true ambition to be. There's that's a also, good thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with changing your mind. Yeah. I don't think it's ever too late. 
Like, yes, there's, uh, you could maybe see it as a lot of wasted time and money and energy on something, but ultimately you want to be happy and like what you're doing. It's better to change your mind than live in indecision. Yes. Yeah. Or fool That's, yourself into something else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or settle for yeah, something or settle. you're not happy yeah. doing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, but also, uh, some people are just very indecisive their whole life. Yeah. And sometimes if, you know, you're happy doing something and could see yourself doing that for a while, you know, I you think could go with it. Right. Everybody who was started Rooster Teeth could have said, we all have good jobs. Let's just stick with this because this is the career path we're in. Yeah. But we all made a conscious choice of this seems exciting. This seems like something new. This is something we want to try and test ourselves and, and find what it is that really is important to us and yeah. what matters, you know. And I, for one, am glad we did that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Well, was there ever a time during, especially the early years, where you guys thought this is not going to work out, or I'm not enjoying this, or we made a mistake going down this path? There were times that were harder than others. Yeah, there were definitely sure. times that were harder. You know. Um, I mean, I think it's it's so much so much of entertainment is like project based. Yeah. You know, and uh, especially like we we very clearly set out to make a second show as fast as we could. And, you know, when we made The Strangerhood, we tried to see if we could catch lightning in the bottle with the same format, you know, and that didn't work. And that would have been an easy thing to go, oh, shit, this, well, let's just keep focusing on this one thing, red versus blue, and nothing else. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't do that. You know, we just kept trying different stuff, and then we found even, like, other Mission Series that did well. And then, uh, you know, down the road, podcasts, Let's Play stuff, you know, just started building from there, so... Yeah. We, didn't we didn't let our failures define us. Well, they say you learn more from your failures than your successes. What'd you learn from the strangerhood, man? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I think you, you, Whoa, you, I think that you nailed it. Where it's just like, it's, it's not necessarily the the format. It's the the creative and the the quality and what you do and just being, you know, into that project. Yeah. You know, and I think we came out of that probably thinking like, you know, we we maybe selected the game more than we did the project right you know and i don't think that we've we wanted to make it work yeah and i don't think we've done anything like that since really yeah so well, ho did, hopefully we did learn some big pro bets what did you study in college was it i was yeah i was in radio tv film okay um and then you know i went to la after school and was doing that and probably every day after school that was a lot of time i was it was a, <laughs> it was a weird kind of uh away from home program, but I probably would have <laughs> stayed doing, you know, stayed doing that if not mm -hmm. for, you know, Bernie having this, like, unbelievable concept and got off to the races. It was okay. Menta, menta. So <laughs> I was going to say, too, the, uh, the, the thing about, you know, wanting to change and try something new and eventually, you know, it's like, oh, I should have figured this out by now. The, the, you never figure it out. Yeah. You, you really never do. Mm -hmm. And there's a thing in entertainment that we deal with, even yeah. in this company, and I think we're, we talk to each other through some issues, like being in front of an audience and things like that. But there's a big thing called imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. where people feel like they're gonna, someone's going to figure out you shouldn't be here and get out of here, and like you're just like posing and everyone else knows what they're doing. I have that literally every day. Yeah. It's like I, I, you have that as an adult. Yeah. There's a lot of times where you're in a nor I'm in normal adult situation. I'm thinking, these are all adults around me, and they're like, they got all this stuff figured out. An expert in this field. Exactly right. Doing, yeah. Or even like parenting stuff and things like that. It's like just like <laughs> or dinner parties. It's like you can't ever escape the feeling that you're still figuring stuff out. But everybody's in that same boat. Yeah. Yeah. You can have confidence in the things you do well, but you're supposed to still figure things out. He also is just graduating, so you haven't even experienced. Right this profession really to its fullest yet. Right. And it might be something that you really, really love. 
So, I mean, or I... Or there might be some piece of it that's unexplored that could be the thing that... Yeah. Yeah. Is really satisfying for you. But again, I don't think there's anything wrong with changing your mind, no matter how old or how far into something you are. Yeah. Pay off some student loans first. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Figure it out. Make some money. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, have you ever been in a... Um, going well, down a path that you kind of... I mean, yeah, I was, you know, I kind of similar to Bernie. I was a pre-med major at UT and, and um, wanted to go that route because I thought that that's what I should do because I had the, the inflation, like... You know, growing up in a small town, and was like a GT kid, and like graduated top of my class in high school, and was like, I'm the smart kid. I gotta go and do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then it was funny because when I got to college and finally realized that I wanted to uh, do TV and film, um, I had my heart set on being an, a page at NBC, and I was right. like, that's what I need to do. Like, mm. that's where I'm gonna go, and like, I won't take anything else. And so I actually like I went and I did the interviews. I my had my final interview at 30 Rock, and then got rejected, and it was like the worst thing that ever happened to me. Oh, I was just sucks. like. There's no point in Probably even trying. Everything. Yeah, I was yeah. like, there's no point in even trying this if I can't make it here and what I think is like the pinnacle of what I should be doing right now. Um, and then I, at the same time, was interning here and, and, and you know, made my career path through this way. And it was never like, I never even thought about it until years later. And I was like, oh, shit, of course I made the right decision. Like, yeah. thank God that that happened. I can't imagine like being in New York right now and like living on the streets eating rats. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what our friend Andrew is doing, right? Yes. He Andrew, just 100%. 100% that's what he's doing. <laughs> Getting close is hard though. Yeah, no, no, and it was yeah, literally yeah. like there's at not a lot rock. that could discourage you more than that. Yeah. yeah. Or you're so close. It to is you really expect. hard. But then it's like you you got to that level for a reason, you know. True. I was like at the, when the lottery got passed in Texas, my family was really excited about the lottery. And everybody was. And I remember they used to, I don't know if they still do because I don't pay attention to it anymore, but uh, they used to print this thing of saying last week, one person won $6 million, you know? And then here's people that match three and they won $3 million, or th- I'm sorry, $3. Because um, they matched three numbers. <laughs> and there like, was like 100,000 or 150,000 of those people. And I always obsessed, even as a kid, of looking at the people who matched five numbers instead of six. Oh. And that was like 1,000 people every week. And I thought, what would it be like to match five out of six numbers in the lottery and know that, and they won like 10 grand, but to know if I just picked this other number, I would have $6 million yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And it, like, I, you would obsess over that number and those are a thousand people every single week that happen. Mm. So it's like, yeah, getting that close, that can be super hard. Think about yeah. that when I play HQ every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> Could've won my $6.75. <laughs> what was it, there's someone that won like $22,000? It was something that, there was like a huge pot. What? Yeah, but I wouldn't, I'm not that smart, so I wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> All right, well, good luck, Mason. Yes. Um, hope everything goes well. If you have questions for us on the show, you could email us, as usual, uh, at alwaysopen at roosterteeth.com. We look forward to hearing from you. If you have a shot for us, questions for our box of issues, or if you just wanna Give us a little, to do that too. An what? email. Oh, An email, that. yeah, email form. Yeah, okay. Matt, Bernie, and Meryl, of course. Me. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you Thank for guys. having me. Yeah. Pleasure, guys. It was lovely. Congrats on 15 years. I Congrats. can't cheers now because this is water. At least it was ginger ale before. Okay. But well, you'll you'll just look at us. We'll, <laughs> just stare at everyone. <laughs> Congrats. We'll drink in your honor. <laughs>